All right, Jeb, we'll say good morning. Let us begin. Incredible. Shechionu v'kimanu v'giyonu that we are about to b'shah tovu mitzlachas begin our last daf in Mesechas Yuma. Let us begin by thanking our sponsor, our Torah sponsors for the month of Tamuz, Adam, Yudip, and Zev, for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in honor of their children, Jake, Serena, and Rosie. Our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Ira and Miriam Grossman, in commemoration of the Yardzeit of Ira's mother, Frida Grossman, Freda Bas Shmuel, Zichon Levracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Nisham will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. And to thank Alan and Sumarowitz for dedicating the daf today in honor of their new granddaughter, Leah Neely, born to their children, Simcha and Mindy Rosenblum. Mazel tov to the Marowitz Mishpacha. And along the uh, Mazel Tov lines, a Mazel Tov to Alan Wiseman on the birth of his grandson in B'nai Brak yesterday. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. With that, let us begin. So we are picking up today's daf is Peiches. Today's daf is Peiches 88. But we are actually picking up on Pezayin Amud Aleph. But just the last couple of words. So, Mamish, the last line of Pezayin Amud Aleph, the last, last line, last seven words on the daf. Rav, have a Pasik Sidra Kamei So just remember, the topic that we transitioned to over here a little bit towards the end of yesterday's daf was the, na- the, the nature of Tshuva Ben Adam Lechavero. That, again, when I go ahead and I offend someone, I hurt someone, I perpetrate some type of wrong against someone. So there is an obligation to do tshuva, and tshuva comes in the form of asking forgiveness from that individual. So the picking up on that theme, Rav, how a pasik sidra kamei Rebbe. So we'll say Rav was going ahead and reviewing. Pasik sidra literally means, Rashi says, that's Rashi and Adaf, sidra, Parshas Mikra, Shanadim Oshel Ksuvim. So Rav was going ahead and teaching or reviewing some particular piece of Torah, whether it was Torah, Nevi'im, Ksuvim, whatever it was, Kamei Rebbe, in front of Rebbe. Okay, so therefore, Rav is giving the shear in the presence of Rebbe. Ahmed Beis, what happens? Asir Rebichia, So what happened? Rav started the shear. Rebichia walked in a few minutes, a few minutes late. So what happened? Rav went back to the beginning. Okay, you know, whatever. No one should miss the shear. See, some things don't change, by the way. That's right. So, some things are just always the same, right? Somebody came a couple of, a few minutes late to shear. So what happens? So I said, fine. You know what? We'll go back to the beginning. Look at Rashi. Asra b'chiyo. Ve'gam hu hayachafes lifsok imo ve'chozer b'shvilo l'rosha parsha. Because Rabbi Chiyo was also interested in learning the same section together with Rav. Rav had just started a few moments earlier, so he figured, no problem, I'll just go back and start from the beginning again. Okay, so the Gemara says, then what happened? Barkafra then walked in a few moments later, and once again Rav said, fine, you know what, let's just go back to the beginning, a little bit of Chazar, if everyone, not a problem. Asir Reb Shimon Berebi. Reb then walked into the base Medrash. Once again, Hadur Rav went back to the beginning. It's the third time now that Rav has restarted the shear in order to accommodate uh, the latecomers. Asr Rabbi Hanina, I was listening to this. So Rabbi Hanina Bar Chama comes in. Amar, kuli haina hadr v'nezel. So Rav says, enough, enough, enough. I'm not going back. So now Rabbi Hanina, fourth individual walks in. And Rav says, Kule hai, enough already, enough already, come on time, what do, you, what, what do I have to keep going back to the beginning? See, he decides, he kind of, not, not loses it, but he says, I'm, I'm not going back for Rabbi Hanino, I'm not starting again. So what happened, the Gemara says, So I'm Kule hai, nahadr v'nezel, lo hadr. Therefore, we'll say, Rav did not start the shir again. Ikbid Rabbi Hanino. Rabbi Hanino was offended. He was, was a, it's, it's, which is really just fascinating. It's just fascinating. In general, it's fascinating to see what people get offended over, right? So Rabbi Hanina, that was, you have to understand something. Rabbi Hanina must have realized that Rav started over because of the previous three people. And it's also possible that Rabbi Hanina walked in 
right after, like a moment after the person before him. So like, at the end of the day, Rabbi Hanina felt it wouldn't have been a big deal. Rabbi, you already started over. It would not have been a big deal to accommodate me as well. See, he got offended. It's is, is an interesting idea that sometimes, sometimes, you know, when we get offended at things, a person has to do a little bit of a self-check. A little bit of a self-check. Like, is, it, is, it, is, it, is this really worth getting offended over? And do I really have a right to get offended over this particular thing. Okay? And then eventually Hanina gets upset. Rav went to ask Michila from Rabbi Yochanan for 13 years in a row. 13 Yom Kippurs, 13 Arab Yom Kippurs. Rav went to go ahead and ask Michila from Rabbi Hanina, and Rabbi Hanina would not be mochel him. So the Gemara says, so we'll say that we're going to see there's two problems with the fact that he went for 13 years. So the Gemara says, how was Rav able to ask Mechila for 13 years? What did we learn yesterday? But we'll say we learned in yesterday's daf that when you offend someone, you are supposed to ask Mechila, but the cap on asking Mechila is what? Is three times. Is three times. I said, how is Rav going for 13 years? Well, remember again, we discussed this yesterday. That cap is necessary for two reasons. Remember again, what were the two reasons that it's necessary? Number one, number one, in order that the aggrieved party understands there's an obligation to forgive. There, there really is. In other words, the same way that there's an obligation to ask Mechila, there's also an obligation to grant Mechila. So the person does not have to keep coming back to you to go in and ask Mechila. They ask one time, two times, three times. You, 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 you can't be an achzer. You also can't be a cruel person and not forgive. Number two, remember we spoke about yesterday, that at a certain point in time, Chazal needed a person to plug their energies into forward productive thinking. At the end of the day, I could try my best to go ahead and fix the damage I've done in the past, but I can't spend my entire life doing that. I'll spend some time, I'll spend three times, but then I have to devote my energies to moving myself forward. So how is Rav able to go ahead and go for 13 years to ask Mechila? Rav, listen to this. Rav Shaini. Now this is very interesting here. So the Gemara says, Rav Shaini. So what does this mean? So this is Machlokis Rashi Rabbi Nuchananel. Rashi says on top, left-hand column, Rav Shaini, Machmer Haya Liatzmo. So Rashi understands that Rav was Machmer. Rav is Machmer, right? You're right. So, we'll say essentially, the way Rav understood the halacha was, you're not obligated to go more than three times, right? You're obligated to ask Mechila, you're not for three, three times on three occasions, you are not obligated to ask for Mechila more than three times. Rav is Machmer. So, we'll say it's interesting, because you can read the Gemara in two ways. Chazal saying, you can only ask three times, and after that, you have to move on. After that, you have to move on. Or, you're obligated to ask three times. More than that, you're not obligated to do. But if you want to, if you want to keep asking Mechila, keep asking Mechila. Rav was machmir on himself. Rav was machmir on himself. And therefore, again, went for 13 years. But let's say, if you look down at the Rabbeinu Hanana, the Rabbeinu Hanana is on the bottom left-hand margin. Look at the first line in the Rabbeinu Hanana. If you see it, the end of that first wide line, Aval Tamid Bahadei Rav Shaini Kilomar Rabbi Chanina Rabo Shalrav Hava. Oh, Rabbi Nuchananel says that in fact Rabbi Chanina was Rav's Rebbe. So Rav offended his Rebbe. Oh, when you offend your Rebbe, that's a different discussion. That there's no cap on asking Mechila. So therefore, again, that's why Rav goes 13 years in a row in order to go ahead and ask Mechila because offending one's Rebbe, that's not subject to the three-time Mechila cap. That you keep asking until when? Until when? Until you get it. Until you get it. So it's so just fascinating. Machlokas. Just how to interpret those words. Rav shiny. So ultimately, again, Rashi. Rav refers to Rav himself. Refers to Rav himself. Saying that Rav was machmir to ask Mechila more than three times. Rabbi Nuchanan, no, no, no. Rav is not a reference to Rav the personality. It's a relation. It's, it's that saying Rabbi Hanino was 
Rav's Rebbe. And therefore, again, when offending one's Rebbe, one must go out of their way even more than three times to ask Mechila. Incredible. Rav Gemara says, okay, so we'll say, so that's Shiloh number one. Shiloh number one in the story is, how was Rav able to go 13 years? Okay, so Rav Shiny. I but there's another Kasha. What's the other Kasha? Rabbi Chanina. Hechi Avid Hachi. Rabbi Chanina. How do you go ahead and not grant Mechila to someone for 13 years? How do you, how, how do, you do that? Right? How, 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 how do you... Rav is showing up at your house every year for 13 years on Erev Yom Kippur. And he's coming to ask you for Mechila. How do you not grant Mechila? How, how, how do you do that? We both say, this is incredible. Vama Rav, Rav said, this is such a beautiful Gemara. Kola ma'avir amidosov, ma'avir kol peshav. both say, the best way to secure forgiveness from the Ribbono Shal Olam is to be a forgiving person. Be especially to for secure forgiveness from HaKadosh Baruch Hu is to be a forgiving person. This is, you know, the Baal Shem Tov have quoted this many times in past years. Baal Shem Tov says on the Pasuk and Tehillim, Hashem Tzilcha. So we often translate that as Hashem is your shade. He's your tzel. So the Baal Shem Tov says it actually means that Hashem is your shadow. What happens? What does your shadow do? What does your shadow do? Whatever you do. Whatever you do. So Hashem HaKadosh says that the way the Ribbono Shal Olam interacts with us is the way that we interact with others. So if I am a, if I am a forgiving person, if I'm a forgiving person, if I'm ma'avir amidosa, ma'avir amidosa means I don't go ahead and hold everyone accountable for every single thing that they do wrong to me. I let things go. I let things go. So ultimately, if I act that way towards other people, the Rebbe Shalom acts that way towards me. So how could it be that Rabbi Kharina is not forgiving Rav for 13 years? Isn't there an obligation to be a forgiving person? To which the Gemara says, Ella, this is incredible. Ella Rabbi Hanina, Chal Machazir. Well, so get ready for this. <laughs> it's incredible. Rabbi Hanina had a dream. He had a dream. Right? What was his dream? He's in his dream. He saw Rav hanging from a palm tree. Okay, now we'll say, listen to this. And everyone knows, Ugimiri, everyone knows, Everyone knows that seeing a person in a dream, if you see someone hanging from a palm tree, that foretells future greatness. Interesting. Raza said, you think hanging from a palm tree does not sound good. But the idea of hanging from a palm tree means, you know, I guess metaphorically that you are above everyone else. So that dream often represented the idea that such a person was going to be elevated to a position of greatness. So I now watch this. So Rabbi Hanina had a dream that Rav was hanging from a tree, which means that he had a dream that, that, that foretold that Rav was going to become Rashi Shiva. Beautiful. Only one problem. Look at Rashi. He had a dream about Rav that, they, that, that Rav was hanging from the palm tree. And this is symbolic of the fact that Rav would be elevated to a position of power. I was the problem. Rabbi Hanina, Rosh Yeshiva Haya. Also, only one problem. Rabbi Hanina was the Rosh Yeshiva in Yisrael. He was the Rosh Yeshiva in Yisrael. So essentially, he had a dream, which essentially sounded like what? Rav was going to go ahead and take his job. Now, both sides, now understand, this wasn't an issue about Rabbi Hanina losing his job. This was something much more significant. The Gemara says, "Kidam Rabbi b'shas piti rosh Rabbi Chanina bar Chama yeshev rosh u'kisherah chalom ze arav doug lamaves lefi she'in malchus nogas bechaverta." It was when you were appointed Rosh Hashiva, whether it was Eretz Yisrael or in Babel, that position was how long? Lifetime position. So Rabbi Chanina has a dream that Rav is being appointed Rosh Hashiva in Eretz Yisrael. Well, there's only one way for Rav to become Rosh Hashiva, which is, which is Rabbi Hanina dies. So Rabbi Hanina saw this and he became very scared for his own life. He became very scared that this, that this dream also for, you know, Rav's rise to greatness also represented again Rabbi Hanina's demise. So what did he see? The Gemara says, Literally again, one monarchy cannot overlap with another. The rest of the Gemara says, Even a hair's breadth. So if Rav is going to be Rosh Hashiva, that must mean that Rabbi Hanina is going to die. So what happens? Amar, 
listen to this. Shabbi Chanina says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remain angry at Rav, remain angry at Rav, and he's going to go ahead and Yivrach Lebavel, Miparnai, he'll run away to Babel because, again, he's going to feel so bad that I'm so angry at him. And what's going to happen? Bisham Yerosh, He'll become a Rosh Yeshiva. Let it become a Rosh Yeshiva in Babel. Let it become a Rosh Yeshiva in Babel. So I was like, isn't this incredible? This was, this was Rabbi Hanina's reason for remaining. He, 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 he was willing to be Mochel Rav. He was willing to be Mochel Rav. But because he was scared, literally again, scared over death, that Lamaisa again, Rav was going to become the Rosh Yeshiva, not again, I will say, so Rashi goes out of his way, this wasn't a din in like Rabbi Hanina losing his job or losing his cover. This was Rabbi Hanina being nervous that ultimately again he was going to lose his life. And therefore again, he goes ahead and he goes ahead and he remains angry at Rav. So the Gemara says, so Amar, back to the Gemara, Shmamina, boy leme avid reshusa, below ifayis. Rav is destined for greatness, therefore I'm not going to forgive him. Let him get out of Eretz Yisrael, let him go to Bavel, he'll go ahead and he'll become Rosh Hashiva there. Incredible. I, will say, I just want to point out that there's so many interesting things that come out from this Gemara. So number one, I will say about how complex people are. Not that we need a Gemara to teach us that, but how complex people are, right? Rabbi Hanina is unforgiving for 13 years. So you would think to yourself, wow, such a zorious, even the Gemara is bothered by that. How can you do that? And he's like, he has this whole chashbun. You know, we'll say, this is why in life, to be honest, I think the older we get, the more clear this becomes, how virtually impossible it is to figure people out. Right? Isn't it? You would think, like, the older you get, the more you understand people. But yet, the older you get, the less you understand people. Because people really are just profoundly enigmatic. Because what makes people tick and why people do things is so often not understandable. Sometimes the people themselves don't understand why they do the things they do. But even if a person has self-awareness, so they understand the things they do, sometimes you think you've got it figured out, but like you push it, can't figure out other people. Rabbi Hanina's got a whole cheshpan over here about you know why he's not going to forgive. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, who could have ever imagined that this is what's going on? It's an incredibly important yisod because sometimes people do things and people say things and we get upset and we get angry because we think we understand why they're doing what they're doing. It's important. This is like the, like this is the, this is the foundation stone in being down like Havschus, giving people the benefit of the doubt or just being mevater, being yielding, being forgiving. It's just to accept the fact I don't really understand anyone. Most of the times I don't even understand myself. That, that, that's the honest truth let alone actually understand other people. If you could accept that premise, that even when they do things that really are upsetting or are offensive, you can say, okay, it's upsetting, it's offensive, but I probably don't understand what it is that's motivating this individual. That's Aleph. Bayes is also, you know, to me the most fascinating thing from this Gemara is that Rav went and asked Mechila for 13 years, Rabbi you came late to Shir. You came late to shear. It's the job of the Rebbe to go back to the subject material, to the beginning, every single time some guy, even if Zabi Hanina comes in to shear, come on time. Come on time. You're in, or you'll catch up on your own. You're ready. You listen to the podcast. You know, you're, 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 you're interested. You're interested in hearing what's in the beginning. Fine. So get there. Get there. You don't get there. Who's a Is that? I will say, if Rob would have come and asked the Shiloh, do I have any obligation to ask Mechil? Okay, leaving this side, Rabbi Hanina was his Rebbe. That, that's an important piece in this. But as all well, the current Rashi wasn't his Rebbe. Is there any obligation to ask Mechil in such a situation? And the answer, of course, is no. 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 Now, again, it could be the only thing that Rav did wrong is, you know, it appears that Rav got, maybe got a little bit like exasperated because he says, Cool, hi, I have to start starting over. Okay, maybe he didn't have to say that. Just keep going. Just keep going, you know, we'll say, so many of us have become very adept at avoiding eye contact. So like, he's just, I pretend like I didn't see you. I, I, I really like I didn't see you coming this year. Uh, a couple of minutes late. Fine, so no problem, we'll go on. But we'll see, you see, there's something amazing also. That sometimes, even if I'm not at fault, it's sometimes worth it to ask Nechila. Sometimes it's worth it to ask forgiveness for one simple reason. Asking forgiveness is free and there's an inexhaustible supply. And the truth is, it is sometimes so easy to make shalom in life 
with just an apology. Even if you feel you don't have to. And even if you feel you're in the right, you know, so many times people stand on principle and there are many unhappy people who stand on principles. And there are many happier people who are willing just to go ahead and swallow their principles and swallow their pride a little bit, ask for forgiveness, apologize, even if you feel you are totally in the right. Because it also says, we all know, and this becomes also true as we get older, that being happy is so much more important than being right. So ultimately, that's what Rahab is doing over here. Okay, you're upset. I think you're wrong. I think you should have come on time. <laughs> but if you're, if you're offended, I apologize. Ah, 13 years? No problem. I'll keep coming back. Incredible Gimara. We really do have to finish the daft today, though, because tomorrow's soccer starts. So I say, listen to this. Fascinating Gimara. The mitzvah of vidui, of confession, of confession, applies multiple times. I will say now, what I want to point out is something very interesting. Vidui, vidui is a chilek of tshuva. Remember again, the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchos tshuva says, Kishayaset tshuva, and a person will do tshuva, chayiv lehisvados, the thing I kill Baruch Hu. Rambam says, you have to do vidui. So in the Maimodian construct of tshuva, the first part of tshuva is vidui, is confession, which makes absolute sense why. Because, and I will say, there are many other parts of tshuva, but if you think about it logically, you can't go ahead and engage in the process of tshuva if what? If what? If you don't acknowledge what I've done wrong. Right? If I don't acknowledge what I've done wrong, it's impossible to engage in the other steps of tshuva. So vidui is not the be-all, end-all of tshuva, but vidui is the gateway. You, you can't really get the process started without vidui. So the Gemara therefore says, interestingly enough, mitzvah So also we go ahead. The mitzvah of vidui really begins when? Really begins when? A Yom Kippur. At night of Yom Kippur, kol nidre, right? Or Mariv. Right night of Yom Kippur is when the mitzvah of vidui begins. But Chazal said, You really should already begin to recite vidui before you eat your suddam afsakes, which we do in Mincha, right? Really, because we'll say, think about this in just a moment. Why am I doing video in Mincha? Now, it's a little bit different for us because with Slichos, with Slichos, we're already used to doing Vidui already again from before Rosh Hashanah. But Lamaitzvah, what the Gemara is saying is the mitzvah of Vidui, the biblical mitzvah to do tshuva, to do Vidui is only when Yom Kippur starts. Chazal said, let's back it up to Erev Yom Kippur, to Mincha. Why? Shemati Tarif Daito Bisuda. But say, what are we concerned about? Maybe you'll get drunk during your Suda Mafsakes. <laughs> Isn't this interesting? What we're considering, I was like, can you imagine? Maybe a guy will overindulge a little bit during your Suda Mafsakes. And can you imagine? You overindulge so much that you sleep through Kal Nidre. Now, many people sleep through Kal Nidre, but they do it in shul. He's talking about, he's talking about someone who goes ahead and overindulges at the Suda and doesn't end up making it. So what happens if a person ends up mamish missing Mayrib? So this way, if you end up missing Mayrib, at least you got in Vidui before Yom Kippur. Now, say, now what I want to point out is the Rambam has a little bit of different, different girsa. The Rambam says, the reason we do Vidui ultimately before Mincha is Shema Yichanek, lest one choke Chas Shalom and die during the Suda Hamaf Sakas. That's, that's the... A recognition that a recognition that at the end of the day these are days of judgment where everything hangs in the balance. So again, but that's that's the Rambam's girsa. Even though you did vidui by mincha before you had the suda, you do vidui again after the suda as well. Myrif, myrif. So I'm going to do a vidui before the suda mincha time in order if I, if I get a little carried away with the suda this way I have the the vidui before mincha. I'm going to do vidui again on myrif. And we'll say, I do that because maybe, maybe some, some type of sinful thing happened during the meal. In other words, maybe even though I did Vidui before the Suda, I don't know, maybe, maybe I ate that bracha, maybe I spoke Lashon Hara, whatever it is. Therefore, my Vidui after the meal covers that as well. And even though you did Vidui by Mariv, you'll do Vidui again by Shachris. Shachris, Yisvada Musaf. Even though you did vidui by shachris, you do vidui by musaf. Be musaf yisvada, be mincha. So the Gemara says, and even though ultimately again, you did vidui by musaf, you'll do vidui again by mincha. The Gemara says, be mincha yisvada b'neilah. Ultimately again, the Gemara says, 
good. Bavli is rather the Arvis, rather the Shachar, Shachar is rather the. Did I skip? No, good. Good, I'll go good. Avli Bishu is rather the Arvis, it's rather the Shachar, Shachar is rather the Musaf, Musaf is rather the Mincha, the Mincha is rather the Benayila. Good. So we'll say, so essentially the Gemara says, Vidui at every Tfilon, starting from Mincha on Erev Yom Kippur. Which we'll say, also if you think about this for just a moment, it's such a profound Yisod. Right? What, 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 what is this? Why do I have to do vidui at every single stage? Okay, so the Gemara explains why you need vidui ultimately again before the Suda, after the Suda. They will say it's also just an incredible Yisod in Shuvah that a person should never be so confident that they are sin free. And a person should never be so confident that they are above or beyond any temptation. The idea in Yom Kippur going ahead and reciting vidui at every interval really highlights how spiritually fragile we are. And at any given moment, I could always fall prey to sin. The recognition of that fragility is what causes me to live life with a constant awareness. Where do you say vidui? So an individual says vidui after his davening. Right? So we know this. Vidui is said, vidui is said, after the technical conclusion of Shmona Esrei. And the Shliach Tzibor ultimately again says this in the middle. What it means is in Chazar Sashatz, Vidui is in not, not, not literally in the middle, but in Chazar Sashatz. So the Gemara says, My Amar, so what do we say in Vidui? Well, what, what is Vidui? Now, really what the Gemara is asking over here is not as much what is Vidui, because we have the Ashamnu Baganu, but like almost like what is the introductory tefillah associated with Vidui? So my Amar, Amar Rav, Atta Yodea Raze Olam. So Rav says, we say the paragraph, you know, Atta Yodea Raze Olam, you know the secrets of the world, the Sa'alumo Sisrei Kol Chayim, hidden thoughts of every single person. Which I will say is, is what we say today in Shona Esrei as well. Ushmuel, our Shmuel says, Me'amke Halev. I will say now Rashi says here, Me'amke Halev is Tfilahi. It's not clear, the Mashah comments, it's not clear we must have lost the text to this Tfilah, but Rashi knows it's a Tfilah, but we don't know what Tfilah it is. Levi Amar, Ubisarascha Kasub Leymar. Levi says, we say, the Pasek. In your Torah it says, Ki Bayom Rabbi Yochanan Amar Ribon Haolamim. Rabbi Yochanan says we say the paragraph Ribon Haolamim. Rashi says Kiloatid Kosenu. See, it wasn't Barry Weber who made it up, right? Apparently, it was here before him as well. So Lemais again Ribon Haolamim, Master of the Universe. We do not come before you ultimately with our acts of me- or with our merits, but rather we throw ourselves on your mercy. Rabbi Huda says our sins are too great to count and our chatoim defy, defy number. So we'll say, so again, these are all different details. We'll say, here we go. beautiful. My God, before I was created, I was unworthy. Now that I've been created, it's as if I was never created. I am dust in my lifetime. All the more so when I am dead. I stand before you like a utensil, filled with embarrassment and degradation. Which should be your will that I should not sin anymore. What I've sinned already up until now, Merok or Mechok is our version, right? Go ahead and erase, get rid of, with you. Go, get, get rid of my sins, erase my sins. But please, Hashem, not through suffering. And I will say, this is what we say, this is what we say to this very day. The truth is, we actually say a number of these different tilos that we build into, but this, I've, I've always found this, um, this tilo of Hanuna, to, I, I don't know why, but to me it's one of the most moving parts of, uh, of Shmona Esrei. It is this, it is just this real and raw conversation with the Ribbono Shalolam. What, 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 what should I say? What should I say? I say the same things to you year in and year out. 
I keep saying I'm sorry. I keep saying I'm going to try again. I keep saying I'm going to do better. And I find myself here once again another year. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I know I, I, you know I love you. I know you love me. But I'm just embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I can't get it together. I'm embarrassed that although I should have the ability to go ahead and fix the things that need to get fixed, I'm embarrassed that I just haven't been able to do it. Not because of a lack of resources. I have all the resources in the world. But for some reason, I just, I just not that I can't. I just haven't done it. Which of course is fascinating. Asking a Kodesh Baruch Hu that I shouldn't sin again. You can't ask God, if I don't want to sin again, that's up to, that's not up to God. Just love me, just help me, just push me. It's so beautiful. The Gemara says, Rava would recite this paragraph. This was Rava's vidui throughout the entire year. And Rav Hamnuna Zutu would say it on Yom Kippur, So we'll say, all of these other tefillos are only necessary if you did not say the phrase, But we have sinned. However, aval amr aval nachnu chatanu sulot zarech. I will say if you say the phrase aval. However, anachnu chatanu we have sinned. That's enough. Also, in other words, the idea the idea that we need in vidu is a recognition that I have sinned. So even that one phrase by itself aval anachnu chatanu that's vidui as well. The amr bar hamduri have a katanu kamei because Baram Duri said there were times that I was standing in front of Shmuel, but Habi Yasim, Shmuel was sitting. And when the Shliach Tzibur got up to the phrase, but we have sinned, come make them. Shmuel would get up. Therefore, you see from me that what that phrase, is the Iker of Vidui. Is the Iker of Vidui. So, what you begin to see is that the real primary part of Vidui of confession. Is just a pure, unadulterated statement of confession. It once satisfies their vidui obligation with that phrase as well. Tanan Hassam. So let's go back to a little bit. Ultimately, again, there are there are three different times. There are three different times where Kohanim will dochin four times in a day, which I will say is another way of saying there there are three different. Times where Kohanim will do, where Birchas Kohanim will be recited at all of the Tfilos of the day. What, first of all, what does it mean for two? What do you have for Tfilos? The Ignorance is Bishachris, Bemosov, Bemincha, Ubineilas Sha'arim. Right? The regular, right? So you have Shachris, Mincha, Mishor, Shachris, Mosov, Mincha, and Neilas Sha'arim. Neilas Sha'arim is the Tfilah of Neiva. Now, we're going to see, interestingly enough, that although we only associate the tefillah of Ne'ilah with Yom Kippur, but in fact, Ne'ilah was sometimes said at other times as well. So Rashi's, um, okay, let's go right there. So Rashi's, or by the way, the fast day they're talking about are fast days for rain. Fast days for rain. So here we go. So the Gemara says, My Ne'ilah Sharm. What, what, what is that Ne'ilah Sharm? Ne'ilah Sharm means the closing of the gates. What does that refer to? Rav Amar Tzalusi Yisirasa. Rav says what it means is an, 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 an extra tefillah. That Ne'ilah Sharm refers to an extra tefillah which was said. Why is it called Ne'ilah Sharm? I will say, for example, on Yom Kippur, as the sun begins to set, we believe that the gates of Tshuva begin to close. So the tefillah is called Ne'ilah, or Ne'ilah Sharm, the cloak of tefillah that is uttered at the time of the closing of the gates. Ushmuel Amar. Ma'anu machayinu. Ushmuel says that ultimately, again, it is the phrase or it is the tila of what are we, what are our lives. Meisvei. So the Gemara says, Reizekasha or Yom Kippurim is palo shem misvad b'shav. So we'll say now because the Gemara says or or Yom Kippurim, the night of Yom Kippur, misvado sheva or misvada. You say Shmona Esrei comprised of seven brachas and you recite Vidui. B'shachris, Mispal Shev, Mispada. Shachris, seven brachas as long Shmona Esrei and you say Vidui. B'mosof, Mispal Shev, Mispada. By Mosof, seven brachas and you say Vidui. B'mincha, Mispal Shev, Mispada. Mincha, seven brachas in Vidui. Ubineila, Mispal Shiva, Mispada. And ultimately, again, by Neila, you also go ahead and 
Davin Shmona Esrei, seven brachos, and you do read on both sides. This seems to support Rav, but it's a Kashan Shmuel. You see from here that what is Nigilah? What is Nigilah? It's a Tfilah. It's a Tfilah. It's literally like an, a supplement, like, like, like Rav said, Salusa Yisei Rasa, an extra Tfilah, a Mamish, a real Tfilah, like a Shmona Esrei, and not like Shmuel. Both say if you skip, uh, if you skip the, uh, the parentheses here from Tanoihi, and you go ahead and you conclude with Vidui Div Rabbi Meir, Vecham Vecham Seim Ispalal Sheva, Yudavin Seven Brachos, Sim Rotsa Lachtom Vidui Choseim. And if you want to go ahead and end off with the Bracha Vidui, I will say they had some version of Shmona Esrei where they actually ended off the Shmona Esrei with a Bracha on Vidui, which of course is a text we don't have. But I will say, what's the point of this? The point of this is Tiyufta the Shmod Tiyufta. This clearly go ahead and refute Shmuel's point because I will say, what does this Brisa show? It shows that what is Ni'ilah? What is Ni'ilah? A bona fide tefillah. That Ni'ilah is literally another davening. They write it's put on the same part as Shachris, Musaf, Mincha, and Ni'ilah. That supports Rav and refutes Shmuel. Ula Barav, Nochis Kamei Derava. Ula Barav went before Rava. Pasach Ba'ata Bechartanu, Vesiyem Bema'anu Machayinu, Veshabchei Rav Huna Bred Rav Nasan. I'm sorry, Vishabhe. And ultimately again he praised him. So he had this he had this version of Tila. And ultimately again he praised him. But Rav Hunri Nasan said, remember, as we said before, that a Yachid does not say Vidui in the midst of Tila. Rather, where does the Yachid say? Where does the Yachid say Vidui? At the end of Daling, which I will say is how our Shmona Esra and Yom Kippur is structured. We finish primary Shmona Esra, even Hambari Chesamal Yisrael Shalom, and ultimately again, then we go ahead and we recite the Vidui. Amarav. Tfilah, I will say, listen to this interesting discussion. Tfilas Ni'ilah poteres es shal arvis. Listen to this, I will say. Ni'ilah takes care of Marith, which means that on Motzei, on Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, once you daven Ni'ilah, you do not have to daven Marith afterwards. Don't, yeah, no, 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 no. Calm down, calm down. Right? So listen to this. Hadrin Allah, Chumsech, as you know, so you know, listen to this. So let's, let's analyze a little bit. So the Gemara says, Rav Latami, the Amr Tzalusi, Yisirasi. So Rav goes according to his reason, because Rav holds that Ni'ilah is a bona fide tefillah. It's a bona fide tefillah. So once it's a bona fide tefillah, it has the ability to take the place of Ma'ariv. The Amr Tzalusi, Yisirasi, and therefore once you've daven Ni'ilah, you do not have to daven Ma'ariv again. So the Gemara says, I, but one second, did Rav really say this? V'amarav, halacha g'devreya omer tefillah's arvis roshos, Ultimately, again, but yet Rav himself said that Mayriv is optional. Also, remember again, we go back to Brachas. There's a fundamental machlokus about the nature of Mayriv in general. Is Mayriv an obligatory tefillah? Rav says it is not. They both say Rav says it's, Rishos, it's optional. So if it's optional, why do I need Ni'ilah to go ahead and satisfy the obligation of Mayriv? There is no obligation of Mayriv. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 Rav was saying, according to the opinion who holds that Mayriv is obligatory, Ni'ila satisfies the Mayriv obligation as well. So the Gemara says, Meisvei, or Yom Kippur, Misvada, Shev, Misvada, Shachris, Misvada, Shachris, Shev, Misvada, Musav, Shev, Misvada. So I'll say, so again, Night of Yom Kippur, seven brachas, Shmona Esrei, and Vidui. Shachris, seven brachas, Vidui. Musaf, seven brachas, and Vidui. B'ni'ilah, Mispalah, Sheva, Misvada. So in Ni'ilah, you go ahead and you say seven brachas, right? And Vidui. Now listen to this. Arvis, Mispalah, Sheva, Me'in, Shmona Esrei. What do you do for Mayrev HaMatzah, Yom Kippur, Abosai? The truncated form of Shmona Esrei known as Havinenu. Which, by the way, is... Pretty good. There has to be some cheering for that also, right? They'll say, so again, remember, what's Havinenu? Havinenu is we take the first three brachos, the last three brachos, and we condense all of the middle brachos into one paragraph. So you see over here that this is, I'll say, this is interesting. This opinion is saying, no, 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 you, that, that Ni'ila does not satisfy the Mayrav obligation. However, there is a truncated form of Mayrav. No, it's not true. There is no truncated Mayrav Amatsiyam Kippur. You have to dab in a regular Mayrav. Why? Last daf, I will say, Mesechas because it will say a person has to say this, this goes back to brachos as well. The Gemara there discusses 
that Havinenu is a powerful tool to be used when? When a person cannot muster up the requisite kavana. But where does Havinenu, quote-unquote, fall short? Fall short is not fair. But where, 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 the, 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 the effectiveness of Havinenu is only where there are no supplemental insertions. Because Havinenu as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a construct does not allow for insertions. So you can't do a Havinenu on Yalevi, on Rosh Chodesh, because there's nowhere to put the Yalevi Yavo. You can't do a Havinenu, of course, well, on Shabbos, on the Fashar also. But Lamaisa, he says you can't do it on Matzah Yom Tov or Matzah Shabbos, because there's nowhere to put Havdalah. So ultimately, Rabbi Chinnim Magamil says, no, 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 you got to dive in a regular Shmonesre on Matzah Yom Tov. We'll say, but again, leaving that aside, leaving aside whether you could dive in a Havinenu, or you could have to dive in a full Shmonesre, what becomes clear? What becomes clear? That you have to have right? That becomes clear, which tells us, therefore, that what? That Ni'ilah does not satisfy the obligation of Mairiv. To which the Gemara says, Tanoihi. In reality, this is a Machlokes Tanoim. Rashi says, Ipatra Ni'ilah shall arvis ilo. It's a Machlokes Tanoim. Does Ni'ilah satisfy the Mairiv obligation or not? Is a Machlokes. And I both say, now here's what's interesting. The way this Machlokes manifests itself. Listen to this. Tisanyo. Kol Tvilos. Tovlin Kidar, Both say, anyone who is obligated to immerse in a mikvah goes to the mikvah on Yom Kippur. Goes to Yom Kippur. For example, Nida Yoledes Tovlos Kidar, Yom For example, a woman who's a Nida or a Yoledes, right? The woman who gave birth and now it's time for her to immerse. All these women, they go to the mikvah on the night of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur night. I will say, we don't pass in this way, but just so you understand, the logic over here is, although there is an Isra Chitza, there is an Isra is 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 prohibition of bathing on Yom Kippur. It's one of the Inuyim, Halach Lamaisa, we'll call it ritual immersion. Tefillah Mikvah is not considered to be Rechitza. That's not, that's, that's not part of the Isra. Therefore, again, if you're obligated to go to the Mikvah, you go to the Mikvah. Bal Kari, what happens if a man has a seminal emission? He goes. He also goes to the. Well, this is Takanas Ezra, right? Takana, this is a. This is the Dirabanon. Takanas Ezra was that if a man has a seminal mission, he should go to the mikvah before going ahead and learning Torah or davening. So, what happens if a person has a seminal mission on Yom Kippur? He goes to the goes to the mikvah on Yom Kippur only up until Mincha time. Up until Mincha time, meaning if the seminal mission happens after Mincha time, he doesn't go on Yom Kippur. Rather, he just goes at night. Now, we'll say, now what is it? Rabbi Yossi Omer Kol Yom Kulo? Rabbi Yossi says, no, he could go to the mikvah the entire day. Now, what's the shot? What's happening over here? Take a look at Rashi. This is really quite interesting. Tova v'holich ala mincha. It's the first short line in Rashi. Im lo carry called yom lachain tovel kedesh yuchal ispal tfilas mincha. So we'll say, so if a man has a seminal mission on Yom Kippur, up until Mincha time. He goes to the he goes to the mikvah. That way he could dive in the tefilos of the day. Shachris, Musaf, Mincha. However, But if he had a similarly mission after Mincha time, he can't go to the mikvah on Yom Kippur. But rather, what should he do? Wait until nightfall. Wait until Mosh Yom Kippur, then go to the mikvah then. I will say now why. This this virale rabbanon the tefilas niila balayla. This is incredible. See, I know what you're thinking to yourself, but one second, you're allowing him to go to the mikvah up until mincha time, up until mincha time, so you could have in shachris, or really arvis, marav the night before, shachris, musaf, mincha. What about ni'ilah? Right? Technically speaking, if he had a similar mission to go to the mikvah, he can't have a ni'ilah. The rabbanon hold, the rabbanon hold, that ni'ilah is davened at night. So, they, we'll say, so therefore, what are they going to tell this guy? Wait till nightfall, then what? Then what? Go to the mikvah, and then what? And then daven ni'ilah. Now I will say, the way the Gemara understands this, therefore, is that what? Is that halacha lamaisa, well, if ni'ilah is daven at night, then ni'ilah satisfies the obligation of mayrav as well. So according to this opinion that would tell about Kerry, wait until nightfall, you'll daven, you'll daven ni'ilah at nightfall. If ni'ilah is being daven at nightfall, it certainly goes ahead and takes care of the obligation for Mayrav as well. Continue in that Rashi. Vadiktani inabauteres, Rabbi Yossi, the Amar Kalayom Su, Mutter, sorry, Mutter lit, Bavafil Rakher, the Achar Tilas Amincha Tovel Bayom, Kadilis Val Tilas Nila. Ama Kasar Tilas Nila, Ains Marabalaila, Uldena Bater, supposed to listen to this. Rabbi Yosef, on the other hand, who holds that a Balkari could go to the Mikra the entire day, even after Mincha time, holds that when do you dive in the Ila? 
before nightfall. Before nightfall, you daven ne'ilah. And therefore, we want the Balkari to be able to go ahead and, and daven ne'ilah. Now, if ne'ilah is being daven before nightfall, we'll say, then what? Then what? Then it will not satisfy the obligation of Marif. So the Gemara is suggesting, this is really quite fascinating, that the Machlokis over here about the ability for a Balkari to immerse after Mincha time, the Rabbanon say he can't, he's got to wait till nightfall. That's because they hold Ni'ilah is not until nightfall. Well, if that's the case, according to the Rabbanon, Ni'ilah will satisfy the obligation of Mayrif. Rabbi Yossi holds that a Balkari could go ahead and immerse the even after Mincha time, they hold Ni'ilah's Davin by day, by day, or at least end of the day. And therefore, Ni'ilah does not satisfy the criteria for for Myrith. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Urminhu, Askakasha, Hazov, Vazov, Vamatar, Mansaras, Ubal, Nidamimes, Tovlin, Kidark, Miamikipurim. Here I was to learn this follows. The Bryce says like this The Zov, Zova, Mitsora, Mitsaras, Boel, Nida, Boel, Nida is a man who had relations with a Nida. And therefore, again, if, that, if, if a person does that, he becomes Tommy. He essentially contracts the Tomas Nida. Again, there's nothing that happened in Yom Kippur per se. But again, if you, let's say he didn't immerse for it before Yom Kippur, Vitame Mace, or a person Tovlin They go to the mikvah in a regular fashion on Yom Kippur. Now as I will say that if there's man tvila falls out on Yom Kippur, they go to the mikvah. Nida Violedes Tovlos Kidarkam Bidlevi Anida they go to the mikvah. They, now their time for going to the mikvah is at night. So if the night for their tefillah falls out on the night of Yom Kippur, they go to the mikvah. So the gemar tovlos kedaklim mikipurim. Bal keri. What about a bal keri? Telva vaholich kol yom kulo. He goes to the mikvah the entire day. He can go to the mikvah any time the entire day of Yom Kippur. Rabbi Yosi Omer mina mincha ulamayla eno yachol litbol. Rabbi Yosi says. That from Mincha time and on, the Bal- on Yom Kippur, the Balkari cannot go ahead and go to the Mikunabos. And now you see the obvious contradiction, right? What's going on over here? Beforehand, right? Beforehand, Rabbi Yossi held that what? That the Balkari could go the entire day. The Rabbanon held, he could only go up until Mincha time. So what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, Lokasha, ha detsali tfilas ni'ila, ha delot sali. We'll say it's not a contradiction. One is a situation where he already davened the ilah. One is a situation where he didn't daven the ilah. If you already look at Rashi for just a moment, we'll say so very simply. If he already davened Ni'ilah and then had the seminal emission, then what? Wait till nightfall to go to the mikvah. But if he did not yet daven Ni'ilah and had the seminal emission, go to the mikvah so you could daven Ni'ilah. I the Gemara says one second. Eid but if he already davened Ni'ilah, why would the Rabbanan allow him to go to the mikvah on Yom Kippur? The only reason to allow for the Balkari to go to the mikvah is why? Is why? So that he would have the ability to go ahead and daven. But if he's already davened, then why would there be a license for him to go to the mikvah? To which the Gemara says, Kasavi Rabbanan, Tvila bismana mitzvah. Both said it's very interesting because the Rabbanon hold that ultimately, again, going to the mikvah in the in the in the first immediate time is a mitzvah. This is called tvila bismana mitzvah. Both say, you know, this is a whole discussion, even contemporarily. With let's say again, because for us, you know, immersion in the mikvah usually sends on hilchos nida. So let's say the time for a woman's immersion comes out on Shabbos night, Friday night. Is a woman allowed to go to the mikvah on Friday night, or should she push it to Matzei Shabbos? Because remember, there are issues involved in going to the mikvah on Shabbos. So that's a machlokas with tvila bismana mitzvah. If you hold that going to the mikvah at the first available time is the mitzvah, then yes, you do that even on Shabbos. But if you hold that it's not a mitzvah, push it to Matzei Shabbos. So the Rabbanon hold that tvila bismana is a mitzvah. And right, going to the mikvah at the first available time is in fact a mitzvah. And therefore, halacha lemaisa. The Balkari should do so even on Yom Kippur. Now, I will say what I just want to point out. Well, let's finish. Michal Rabbi Savar Lav Mitzvah. So, I will say it sounds like Rabbi Yossi holds that Tila Bizman is not a mitzvah. The Rabbi Yossi holds that there's no obligation to go to the mikvah at the first available time. So, the Gemara really, is that so? Vatanya, we learned, this is a great case. Harishay Kasov Albis Shame. Sorry. Harishay Shahaya Shame Kasov Albisaro. But say, let's say a person wrote the Shem Hashem on their flesh. Interesting case. I wrote the Shem Hashem, right? Yud Kei Vav Kei on my hand. On my hand. And what happens? 
We'll say it poses an incredible problem. Why? Jose, it's a problem, right? The problem is you can't wash, right? Because if you wash, what could happen? You could end up erasing the name, right? You also can't go ahead and stand in an unclean place with that name exposed because then you are bringing the Shem Hashem into an unclean place. What happens if you have to go to the mikvah obligatory immersion? So what do you do? You tie a reed on top of the name, so you cover up the name. But I will say, but a reed is porous, so it allows water to get in. The Yoreid Vitovel. And you go to the mikvah. Rabbi Yossi says, no, Yoreid Vitovel Kidarko. If you have an obligation to go to the mikvah, you could go to the mikvah in a regular fashion. You don't have to cover up the name. And if, as long as you don't scrub off the name. And I will say, why is it? Why does Rabbi Yossi allow that? And I will say, it turns out that what are they arguing about? Whether or not Tfilah is a mitzvah. The Rabbanon hold that Tfilah is not a mitzvah. And therefore, again, even though you have an ob- obligatory immersion, you still must take steps in order to go ahead and safeguard the name of Hashem. Rabbi Yossi holds Tfilah is a mitzvah. And because it is a mitzvah, since you not only have a license, but an obligation to go to the mikvah, there is no obligation to go ahead and safeguard the name of God. If it goes in and becomes erased, then what? It becomes erased. Since you are engaged in the performance of a mitzvah, it would be permitted. So we'll say, see from here that Rabbi Yossi holds that tefillah bismana is a mitzvah. Is a mitzvah. You just said before Rabbi, Yossi, Rabbi Yossi holds that tefillah bismana is not a mitzvah. To which the Gemara says, Ahi Rabbi Yossi by Yehuda. Two different Rabbi Yossi's. So we'll say there's Rabbi Yossi and there's Rabbi Yossi bar Yehuda. The Sanya, Rabbi Yossi bar Yehuda. Omer. We'll say this is a more complicated case, which we're not going to get into now. Rashi points it out over here. They are talking about a case over here of a woman who was pregnant, comes back after having had a baby, or really most probably miscarrying, not not most, miscarrying, but she's not sure about the mitzvahs of what happened. She's not sure when she miscarried. She's not sure if it was a boy, if it was a girl. So we have issues when it comes to Tuman Tara to try to figure out the, how, how long is she Tumeh for? When, when could she go to the mikvah? So the Gemara goes through a whole number of different scenarios. Rabbi Yossi, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yossi bar Yehuda says, He holds ultimately again, that just go to the mikvah at the latest possible time, which indicates that he holds that tefillah bismana is not a mitzvah. So Rabbi Yossi bar Yehuda holds tefillah bismana is not a mitzvah, and ultimately, again, Rabbi Yossi, Stan Rabbi Yossi holds that tefillah bismana is a mitzvah. Look at Rashi just a moment. Hahi. Rashi says, Darmina le'el Rabbi Yossi, Omer min amincho l'mayin l'lit ba'at shatechshach, de'tfilah bizman alav mitzvah, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehudahi. Good, two different Rabbi Yossi's, the Gemara says. Good. So I just want to point out, by the way, so in general, in general, the halacha is that we don't immerse on Yom Kippur, right? Even though, again, we hold tefillah bizmana is a mitzvah. That's how we pass in halacha lemaisa. That's why a woman will go to the mikvah on Shabbos. A woman will go to the mikvah on Yom Tiv. But in Yom Kippur, ultimately, again, we do not do tefillah because we do include tefillah in the mikvah as part of the Isra of Rechitza. Incredible. So the Gemara says as follows. Now, interestingly enough, this is really a very interesting that the Masechta ends. Once the Gemara kind of had the discussion of going ahead and being tovel, immersing for a seminal emission, the Gemara raises this discussion. What happens if a person has a seminal emission on Yom Kippur? Yoreid vitovel goes to the mikvah. And in the evening... He should, now, I will say, Yishav Shef means, literally, again, he should remove chatzitzos, right? Yishav Shef means to scrub, but what it really means is to remove any interpositions, to make sure that when he goes to the mikvah, there's nothing intervening between his flesh and the water. So the Gemara says, La'erev, ma'idahavahava, it doesn't make sense. You just said, if a man has a son of Yishav, he should go to the mikvah, but that night, that night sounds like what? Matzah Yom Kippur, he should go ahead and clean himself and make sure he has no chatzitzos. But already at night, he's already gone to the mikvah. But say, interesting enough, what it means is, on Erev Yom Kippur, when a man is cleaning himself, he should make sure that his body is chatzitza free. So in the event 
that he has a seminal emission on Yom Kippur, he's able to go to the mikvah and the tefillah will be totally kosher on Yom Kippur. Interesting enough. So, Tani Tanakamid Rab Nachman. In general, the Gemara says, Let, let's talk about hashkafikli. What happens if a man has a seminal emission on Yom Kippur? Like, what, 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 what is that? What's the message there? Haroa Kerbiyam Kippurim, Avonosav Mechulin Lo. This is so interesting. If a man has a seminal emission on Yom Kippur, that is a sign that his sins are forgiven. His sins are forgiven. Rashi says over here, First wide line, we're obviously talking about a case where it was not with kavan. In other words, that we'll say if, if, you know, if a man was having impure thoughts and as a result had seminal emission, okay, then we understand why that happened. He's talking about a situation where it happened shalobe miskaving. A man has a seminal emission, but again, not we'll call it not induced. The Gemara says. So what is that? What does that show? Like what? 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 What do you, what do, you do with that? So the Gimara says, Avonosav Mechulim Rashi says, Simen Tov Huzeh, Yira Zera, V'yarech Yomim. But we'll say in that case, the Zera represents vitality and longevity, and therefore that is a Simen that ultimately, again, he's going to have a good year and ultimately see offspring. So Gimara says, really? V'hatanya, we learned, Avonosav Sidurim. I, but yet another Brisa says that if a man has a similar mission Yom Kippur, it's bad news. It's bad news. It means his averos are arranged to be judged, to which the Gemara says, no, 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 avonot, my sidurin, sidurin limachal. It means, what does it mean? They're arranged, they're arranged to be forgiven. Interesting. If a man has a still mission Yom Kippur, he should worry the entire year. Sure, the entire year. Why should he worry? Look at Rashi. First wide line. Yidak kolashon akula shemelo kiblu taaniso v'esbio b'mashavi adam laasbio keever amuzakos. They will say, listen to this. You have to be nervous. What do you have to be scared about? They will say that, that maybe ultimately again, since he had this emission, there's a certain level of satisfaction that he has, which means that he doesn't have inui. He doesn't have affliction in one particular area, right? One, one, of the, one of the Inuyim is abstaining from relations. Well, he doesn't have that Inuy. That, that need has been satisfied. So the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu denied him that Inuy could be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want his tshuva. So the Gemara says, shana, But if he lives out that year, ben olam haba. That shows that such a person is truly a Ben Olam Haba. Amrab Nachem Barav Yitzchak Teida. I will say, how does it show that? I will say, it's interesting. So on one hand, if it happens, you have to worry about what that means. But if you live through the year, that shows all oh, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu really loves you and you're a Ben Olam Haba. Why? Why? Why does that show that? To which the Gemara says, Amrav Nachar Barav Yitzchak Teida, Shakala Olam Kula Ra'iv Vahusaveya. Ultimately, again, because we all say, what happens if a man has that emission Yom Kippur? Every, so to speak, the entire world is hungry. The entire world is hungry. In other words, denied that particular pleasure. But he is sated. Right? He is sated ultimately again through that emission to which the Gemara is looking at Rash for just a moment. Fine. So the Gemara says, Rav Dimi Amar, when Rav Dimi came along, he said, so Rav again echoes this, Rav Dimi echoes this sentiment. He says, Rashi says, Someone who becomes a Balkari, someone who has this emission on Yom Kippur. So literally, means he will have much life. Sagi umaski. Rashi says, Bebanim banim shekacha simen yira zera yarich yamim. So ultimately, again, Abdimi says that a person has this emission yom kippur that symbolizes the idea that a person is going to have offspring and vitality. I will say it is interesting. Ultimately, again, how the masechta ends. No, <laughs> quite an interest, quite an interesting ending. And I will say, so what's what's the pshat? Why why does the masechta end this way? So I will say, understand at the end of the day, I think what Chazal trying to teach us is as follows. Right? What does Zerah represent? What does Zerah represent? Zerah represents life itself. Zerah represents really the koach, the vigor, and the vitality of man. We'll say, what is it that we daven for on Yom Kippur? Right? So when we daven for life, 
when we write, when we say, Zachreinu l'chayim, melechafetz v'chayim, v'kazveinu b'sefer achayim. What are we asking for life for? Life is not an ends. Life is not an ends. Life is a means to do something of significance, to do something with my vitality, to do something with my vigor. So haroa kerib yom a person has this mission in Kippur, that vitality is there. What does that mean? I have it. It means I possess it. I possess it. Shalos, what am I going to do with it? So the Masechta Dafka ends off with this, because at the end of the day, if we're going to ask for life from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if we're going to say, then because we just finished with Neilah, I have to be able to answer one simple question. If I get it, what am I going to do with it? Because I will say, this is the part often of Tshuva, where I think we, we kind of drop the ball which is we know what to ask for, but we don't always have a plan what we're going to do with it. Right? Well, so think about this just a moment. Chodesh Baruch Hu granted our tefillahs. He gave us life. We're here. Right? We're here. It's almost Rosh Chodesh Baruch Hashem. Chodesh Baruch Hu gave us another year. Another year. How many of us have actually done something dramatically significant with it? And how many of us have actually fully planned that's materialized? Meaning, how many of us have actually approached the year and said, okay, here's my plan for the year. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm going to do. Schatani Maskir. I haven't done it. I haven't done it. Because it's just the nature of the human condition. We just get busy. We just get busy. So the Gemara Tafka ends off with the Sugi of Kari. Because the Sugi of Kari says, do you know what each of us possesses? All right, besides Kari. What each of us possesses, ultimately, again, is vigor and vitality. And the shayla is, if I get another year of life, not if, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me another year of life, what am I ready to do with it? We'll say, that's the Avod of Yom Kippur. Not just to do tshuva, and not just to have HaKadosh Baruch Hu for another year of chayim, but to come into Yom Kippur with a clear and comprehensive plan, that if I get that year of life, when I get that year of life, here's what I'm going to do with it. We'll say, Hadron Allah, Yom Kippurim, Mazel Tov, I'll say Mazel Tov has been an incredible and overwhelming and beautiful and healing journey. And in Merit Hashem tomorrow, Bishat Tovu Umetzlachos, we begin Mesechas Sokka. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov.